0: Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with our wrestling coach, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. So, Father Len, have you been to the beach or have you been out on Lake Coeur d'Alene since you're living there these days?
1: I have not had time to get there yet.
0: All right, all right. Well, that's good. That's good, because I want you to make plenty of time for the podcast. (laughs) So in our previous episode, episode 66, you talked about how and why self-compassion is the best way to move on and grow from failures and feelings of shame. But you were also really emphatic that programs designed to improve self-esteem are not the answer. In fact, you told us they often make things worse. So I think you kind of wanted to grapple with this idea of self-esteem, where it comes from, how it affects us, uh, the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion, and kind of how the two actually relate to religion. So Father Lynn... Let, yes. Let's let's get get going with that.
1: Okay, so I have to admit, to me, every time I hear the word self-esteem, to me, that's a four-letter word. Like that's Ouch. a cuss word. You wash your mouth out. Wow. Um, and I know, I, like, self-worth is to me a good thing, but all this self-esteem stuff really is on my getting on my nerves. And I'll give you an example. Here at this parish, we have this beautiful yard. Uh, it's just gorgeous, and people like to walk their dogs in our yard, which <laughs> great, no problem, but especially when I first got here, it was the elephant graveyard for dog droppings. oh I mean, no it was, a, it was a gold mine just for that like i 'm not going to have our church look like that, so just always being slightly aggressive, every <laughs> time I saw somebody walking a dog in our field. I just walk out and tell them, hey, listen, my name is Father Lynn McMillan, the new priester. And just to let you know, you can walk your dog dog here, but you have to pick up after your dog. <laughs> and every single person always says, oh, I always pick up after my dog. I don't know who's leaving these droppings in. But um, one woman, I literally saw her walk away from her dog leaving something. So I walk up to her and she says, oh, no, I always walk up. And I didn't want to fight, mean, but I just, she-
0: you said she always picks up. You just said walk
1: up. Yeah, she always. Yeah, she said she always picks up. Okay. Like I, I had just seen her walk away from not picking <laughs> it up. So, so I don't want to get in that fight. I just want to get in the fight that, oh, from now on, everybody will be, or it's private property. Yeah, I've had many,
0: many versions of that in our front yard. We have some neighbors that claim they're always picking up their dog poop, and oh, I've always, seen them. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, walk their dog, oh, dog past our I'm house. Like, oh,
1: I was, I'll die! <laughs> yeah, right. So, I've been asking people, and it is getting better. But last Saturday after Mass, uh, I was preparing to walk home, so I'm walking home, and I see this uh, couple getting in their car. He's getting in a car. He's going to pull up the car for her. I love this couple. Can't remember their names, but. They're a little bit older, but wildly funny. They work well off each other. I found them hilarious. And I was like, personally, I was thinking, okay, these two, I'm going to become friends with because they're a kick in the head. So just for one more giggle, one more, like he's just, they're just great. So he was getting in the car. So I walked over in his direction just to say good night. And he's just funny. And he says, well, good night, father. And as I turn around to walk in the other direction, I see this 20 to 30 year old guy. He's between 20 and 30. And he is throwing a Frisbee to his big dog in the yard. And so I'm walking away and I said to him, hey, just to let you know, we've had a problem with people not picking up after the dog. So please pick up after your dog. And he says, oh, I always do. So I (laughs) flash him two thumbs up and say, thanks. As I'm walking completely away, <laughs> then he sends me this email saying that I attacked him Oh no! He was scared and threatened, like really scared and threatened. And I'm twice his age and half his size. And I didn't have a big dog on my side either. <laughs> so I had to send him this email saying, well, no, that, That feeling is not being attacked. That's a feeling of being accountable. Like (laughs) You chose to walk on private property. I wasn't attacking. If I was attacking you, I wouldn't be walking away. I'd be walking towards you. Also, when people attack you, they don't flash two thumbs up and say thank you.
0: Well, and I'm not sure how discussing dog poop is any kind of a threat. I mean,
1: that's pretty wild. I know. The the threat is you can only say positive things to me. (laughs) Nothing that makes me accountable. And the odd part is...
0: I think I um, see where this is going. I was wondering if you were going to get back to uh, self-esteem, but I think I see where it's going.
1: Okay, but here's, here's a contrast. So my deacon, who's a retired cop said, oh yeah, you went up to, told me that I went up to one of his friends who's a retired cop and said, oh, my name is Father Len McMillan. And he, and he, said, uh, he said, you know, I really appreciate him doing this because the place is looking bad with all the dog poo. And he said, I like, and the guy said the same thing that he picks it up, but his reaction was gratitude. Or this other 70 year old woman was walking the dog, went up to her and she was kind of funny and grateful at the same time where she said, you know, we have the 10 commandments and says, you, she said, you should add the 11th commandment. Thou shalt pick up after your dog. <laughs> says, I didn't understand why you Catholics let people get away with this. <laughs> and so here's the thing, like the cop, he had a little bit of grit, so he's not threatened by responsibility. Either is a 70 year old woman. They, they don't view it as being victims because no, I'm just, that's responsibility. But these days, especially with the 20 and 30 year olds, it's like, there's this competition. Who's the greatest victim that somehow I'm a victim because I was asked to be responsible. Like if I'm going to talk to him, I should be throwing him rose petals when he walks into our, um, our campus to make sure his self-esteem is okay. Like, but think about his, in his email, he said, I wasn't being very religious. Well, I was being polite and kind. I was just asking him to be responsible. You so weren't
0: being religious? I religion for him
1: know. supposes that religion is supposed to make me feel good about myself. Not that religion is supposed to help become a better person. Religion is about being in relationship with God and others and with the virtues of love and compassion and justice. So... He may have been offended, but he was offended because he was asked to be accountable. And his point being is that what was offended was his self-esteem. That's why he said he felt attacked. Uh, you know, I was walking away. I was, you know, I'm an old man walking away from him. But he feels attacked because that's how he regards self-esteem. And I wanted to bring this up because there's a huge difference between the product of self-compassion versus self-esteem. People with more self-compassion are always more likely to pick themselves up after a failure and try again. And they've tested that people with self-compassion, they gain more grit. They have more determination. But people with high levels of quote unquote self-esteem actually have less grit and determination. And I mentioned this before, like there's a study from u c Berkeley mentioned this before about this really tough vocabulary test, and it's designed to have the students fail and so the test was take the test, people fail now one third they're giving self esteem exercises where you're smart, you wouldn't have got into Berkeley if unless you were smart, you're smart and beautiful. Another group they did. Nothing with just retake the test. And the third group, they gave self-compassion exercises, you know, that voice, changing the voice in your head of, you can try harder. You can, next time you're going to study, they didn't give them any academic work. They just gave more or less a spiritual work of changing Mm -hmm. the voice in their head. But the ones who did nothing or given self-esteem exercises, they didn't improve. Everybody who did the self-compassion exercises improved. And what I think is really interesting is that they, in the California school system, they enacted this program thinking, well, what we're going to do is raise students' self-esteem. We're going to raise their self-esteem by telling them, you're smart and you're beautiful. Oh my God, Iris, you have great looking hair and (laughs) you're beautiful. And, you know, once kids have better self-esteem, they'll learn better. They'll treat each other better. Well, that's great on paper but actually the results were the very opposite. They did worse and higher rates of bullying and they didn't actually improve. It was a complete failure. So on these studies of self-esteem, there's several studies that just focusing on self-esteem is not good for you. There's this another study, I'm going to bore you, on mock job interviews where they give college students, they fill out this questionnaire to judge their self-esteem Versus their self-compassion. And next, and this was a hard part, they had to participate in a job interview practice to increase their skills. And most undergraduates are always nervous before a job interview. But those who tested high on self-compassion, every single one did better. And they used the I pronoun less, and they used more of the we pronoun. So self-compassionate students reported being less nervous than high esteem ones and high esteem ones they used a lot of eye and didn't do as well same thing another study with uh, various athletes where one is with wrestlers and the study is in these sports programs students with high self compassion rebound from uh, failure quicker and athletes with high self-esteem practices, I'm beautiful, I'm smart, I look great in a singlet, <laughs> they did worse because they, they, they're setting themselves up that the only thing that they can ex, uh, receive is excessive praise. High self-esteem people only accept praise and are quick to reject any correction. So I, I just find that kind of interesting. So they did this other study on feedback how well do you take feedback on your job? Well, oddly enough, high, people with high self-esteem, they are not open to negative feedback. And they would tend to blame the supervisor observer. If they had really negative feedback, they, they cannot accept it. But if they're giving excessive praise, even when it was undue, they believe all the excessive praise is being accurate. My only point being is that, wow, that does not set you up for greater improvement. If the only thing that you can receive is praise. So self-esteem, I'm not a big fan of. It has some serious dangers. Self-esteem, and this is what they found in the California study. Self-esteem based on no achievement actually decreases the student success rate. But self-compassion encourages students to work harder. So for emotional health, and I'd say spiritual health, it's important to have self-esteem as opposed to hating oneself. You don't want to hate yourself. But because if you hate yourself, you're going to be depressed and anxious. You know, that's a lot of shame. But what they found out is that you just can't give people self-esteem. It's how they gain their self-esteem. Well, it has to be earned. Exactly. That's the point. And a lot of people want to try and boost self-esteem with just saying, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. You're wonderful. But uh, that the problem with that, that's not earned. And it actually is very dangerous. You yeah, know, uh, it,
0: it, it produces fragile people like the guy that exactly. was on your lawn, super fragile, any kind of... Uh, they take it personally. Like when you said, I hope you pick up the dog poop. You weren't saying you know, to him, I know you're not going to, I know you're a jerk and whatever. Exactly. Yeah, you, you're just, you're just making a general statement that we're trying to clean up the yard, you know, and I hope you'll help us.
1: But accountability is never allowed. Yep. All you're allowed to say, and that's what he thinks religion sure. is. All you're allowed to say is that I'm beautiful and wonderful. Well, If you believe in the doctrine of self-esteem, you are setting up your kid or yourself for normal fit, enormous failure in life. That self-esteem comes from accomplishments and from carrying out your commitments. But if you have this fake self-esteem based on the emotionalism of I'm smart and beautiful and doggone it, people love me. If you have that fake emotional self-esteem, not earned, but just heaped upon by teachers and parents. I really I'm serious. I consider that dangerous because fake self-esteem it decreases your chance of success. Fake self-esteem it prepares you to be a victim. Because if you teach your child that you have to feel special, what you're constantly teaching him is social comparison. And it leads to two, two bad things, either bullying or victimhood. Just like the study on receiving feedback you know, the 20-year-old asked to pick up after his dog, really, I says he he's fallen into the myth of fake self-esteem. And what that creates is just a generation of snowflakes who can't handle any self-improvement. And the really odd part is that the California study, they tried to end bullying by giving a lot of self-esteem. But we know that's why kids start to bully is because they're trying to boost their own self-esteem. Yep. If you taught them that their self-esteem comes from social comparison, that they're more beautiful or whatever, you've trained them that based on social comparison, I I can bully you. Kids bully because they're trying to make themselves feel better than other people. So if everybody wins a trophy, it's proven to decrease their kids' self worth because they didn't earn it. So there is a difference between self esteem and self worth. No, there's direct comparisons to practicing self compassion to increasing your self worth. But the California school system tried to practice boosting self esteem by basically telling them how special they are. And oddly enough, they became more damaged. So if we, if self esteem, if we have self-esteem because we're told that we're amazing, what happens when we fail? When we fail, that self-esteem deserts us. And you know, as human beings, we're going to fail. So well, why it, not failure lead to becoming a better person? That's what self-compassion does. It's not dependent upon social comparison or, you know, never failing. It sets, without improving. improving. It, it, it
0: sets up a situation where... You know, kids and I've seen this in in kids sports where the parents are and usually it's the parents telling them just how good they are. You are amazing. And and, you know, I watch them on the field and they they aren't amazing in any way. And then when they don't make the team, they're so shocked, you know, and they think somehow they've been it's the coach's fault. I've been slighted somehow. And mom and dad, I can't imagine you've told me how great I am and I didn't make the team. How could that be?
1: I know, and like, uh, no offense, but if twenty and thirty year olds were raised with this, what's going to happen to their children? And I, I, I don't want this podcast to be, oh, he's a grumpy old priest. <laughs> I want it to be about religion. But religion, yeah, deals with compassion and responsibility. And I, like, just from the email, that twenty or thirty year old's idea of religion is that I was being unreligious. Because I'm supposed to make him feel good about himself. Who yeah. cares if you know he's ruining our property? I'm supposed to make him feel good about himself, and so I'm not being religious.
0: Yeah, you were supposed to say to him, "Boy, I'm so glad to see you're you're uh, exercising your dog here." And I know you're the you're, best. You're the you, greatest, yeah. and and I know that you're one of those guys that's always going to pick up the dog poop. You know, you're just a special kid. So welcome to our parish. Welcome to being on our grounds. We're so happy to have you here.
1: Oh God, we're so lucky. Your dog is shitting on our, our grounds. And <laughs> how would you like to be uh, a, married to somebody like that? You're oh. only allowed to say positive things. Now, yep. I don't your wife has told me that she only praises you. That's the only <laughs> thing she ever does.
0: I wish that was
1: true, actually. But if you believe in marriage, your job is to get that person ready for heaven. You've got to be able to say, hey, Irish, we got a problem here. <laughs> Behavior well, she, is not working for me.
0: She's done a pretty good job of that, actually.
1: <laughs> she was not raised in the school of I've got to support your self-esteem.
0: <laughs> not at all.
1: But that's what I think is so dangerous about self-esteem, self-worth. Yes. But the key is, well, how do you get self-esteem? It's actually through commitments and accomplishments, you know, keeping your commitments, that gives you great self-worth. So anyhow, like, I think it's also a religious problem that, yeah, you can't have deeply religious people if you're not willing to wrestle. If you have to tell me, listen, at every game, I have to get a trophy, then you're not really wrestling. You're not wrestling with God or anybody else.
0: Well, then you're not dealing with reality. Reality is gone.
1: So I consider self-esteem a four-letter word.
0: (laughs) I haven't heard that before, but I think I'm going to start saying the same thing, Father Lynn. I've had trouble with this whole self-esteem thing for years and years. I mean, it's crazy. And And
1: here, I I really do. Let me put it this way. I believe in self-worth. I believe every human person is incredibly sacred by God. But that doesn't mean I don't have... Every single person can't improve.
0: For sure. For sure. So, Father Lynn, did you have anything else? I guess the fact that self-esteem is a four-letter word is a pretty good place to end here. I think you've made your point.
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You are brilliant. You have good hair. You're amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you, Father Len. I, I wasn't feeling so good about myself until you told me that. So, we welcome your comments and questions, and it's easy to get those to us. You just head over to our website. It's wwgshow.com. That's wwgshow.com. And near the top of the page on the laptop or desktop version of the website, you'll see a little questions button. And if you're viewing the website, On your phone, uh, you can click on a little three-line menu, and it'll reveal the questions button. And all you do is click on it, and you'll find multiple ways to reach us, email, text, uh, telephone, voicemail. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, please share your favorite episodes with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people discover us. And subscribing to the podcast, by the way, is free. And what it does is guarantee that you'll know when we publish our next episode or a new episode. So we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, purpose, and self-worth rather than self-esteem in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time.